All right, welcome everyone to uh, another episode of the Culture Meet Monday podcast. I'm your host, Jason A. Dixon, joined with my special guest co-host today, Kimberly Bell, who was on our first episode to kick off the series. And we are also joined today by a very special guest, Ms. Drudana Wilson. How are you, Ms. Drudana? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for joining us. And today we're going to continue our conversation on co-parenting and just talking about strategies to help co-parents out there. This is going to be a great discussion. I'm excited to just kick it off again, having Jordana with us. So uh, Jordana, tell us a little bit about what you do uh, in your capacity. Sure. Um, I own a business called Co-Parenting Solutions. I'm a licensed social worker and uh, also have an education degree and worked in education for many years. Um, my focus is really on working with families that are impacted by divorce and separation. So a primary piece that I do is co-parenting counseling, either for families who uh, come in voluntarily or are court ordered to attend co-parenting counseling because they're facing a lot of issues and making decisions together for their children. I also sometimes serve as a parenting time coordinator when a family is unable to make decisions for their children. In that situation, I can help mediate. But if they can't make a decision, I usually make a recommendation to the court in certain areas for them. I also do a lot of reunification therapy between parents and children who are struggling together to have a relationship post-divorce, such as a child refusing to go to one parent's home or a parent who had an unsafe home for a time for one reason or another and needs to rebuild trust with a child. And I'm very big in the collaborative divorce world. I am a mental health professional on collaborative divorces, which is really a team effort approach to help a family uh, achieve a divorce in a very amicable and civil manner together with a team of a financial person, a mental health professional, and two collaboratively trained attorneys. I'm on the board of the Collaborative Practice Institute of Michigan because I love collaborative divorce so much and think that if you're going to go about getting divorced, it's the best way to do it. So that's what I do. Wow. <laughs> a lot of different things. Every day I wake up and find out what am I doing today? Yeah, yeah. You're always surprised, I'm sure. That's, <laughs> a, that's such important work. And I'm looking forward to diving deep into uh, just talking a little bit more about the intricacies of what you do. But I want to pass it over to Kimberly who, and have Kimberly just kind of uh, reflect on what we talked about last year. And then we're going to move forward and, and talk about how, how, uh, you can, what advice you can give our co-parents today to help them in that situation yeah. as well. So Kimberly, can you kind of, uh, kind of talk a little bit yeah. about what we, what we, uh, elaborated on last week? Yeah, no, thank you. And, uh, Jordana, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for the work that you do. That's really powerful. And I love that you're magnetized to the collaborative, um, you know, support for all involved. And we actually talked about, so last week we talked about basically three cornerstones, right, for successful co-parenting. And which is really what I think is conscious co-parenting, right? We're moving into a consciousness age and it is time for everyone to become more mindful and intentional with the way they approach life, the way they approach relationships. Um, relationship with self, with others, right? All of this matters. And so 
really talked about radical self-responsibility when it comes to what am I saying, what am I doing, what am I thinking, right, feeling, and helping people move from, you know, becoming self-responsible, which allows us to feel more self-respected for ourselves. So we don't get as triggered by our partner, you know, by the ex-partner or the partner, whatever the situation is, Um, really kind of owning that, right? Instead Mm -hmm. of pointing the fingers all the time and going down the slippery blame slope and all all of those things that I know that you experience on a regular basis. Oh, yes. Um, And talking about the compassion, right? Mm -hmm. Having compassion for self, for our children what they're actually experiencing and what are they learning through this, the dialogues and the relationships, watching their parents. As you know, children learn so much, not from what their parents are telling to them, but what their children are watching, experiencing, right? Listen, (laughs) that is where it's at. And so when we can become more self-responsible, um, we have more compassion for everyone who's being affected by what we're, we're all learning, right? Yes. Um, and then hopefully the collaborative part is what I'm calling, I guess, the community part. And that is we are part of this community. And whether people made decisions to, you know, consciously come together and have a child, one thing is for sure, I feel you magnetize this experience into your life. Therefore, you are 100% responsible for what it is that you're doing. And your child is like a garden. Your child is an actual living, breathing, conscious, loving thing. And it matters what you are teaching your child, right? So that's that's what we talked about, kind of in a nutshell, and then we broke it all down. But beautiful. I love the child of the garden and the nurturing piece that you're talking about. That is so, it's such a beautiful image to think of too, for sure. So, and, and it's so interesting because a lot of these things that you're saying, I say, we all say things differently. Those are exactly the types of messages that I try to communicate with my families too. And so a big piece that I see what you talked about, about the self-responsibility and being more intentional is that people have to change a very deeply embedded brain program in their relationship with the other parents. So, you know, whether they've been married for five years or 23 years, whatever it may be, they've been in a relationship with that person. They have a certain dynamic they have their go-to brain program that's really on autopilot. And I always compare it to, you know, if you drive home from work every day, you're sort of on autopilot. And sometimes you don't even know how you got into the driveway, but there you are in your driveway. And, you know, we don't even really think about it. So now you have to think of it like now I have to go a different route, like the, the highway is closed and this road is blocked up. And I have to think with a lot of intentionality about which direction I'm going in. And it's hard and it takes work. And I think people get so frustrated sometimes along the way that, you know, well, we can never do this or look, that person went back to the way they were treating me before and they give up and you have to keep pushing forward because in the end, who is getting hurt in all of this are these children and they should not be the collateral damage in the relationship not working out. 
So like I'm thinking too, um, the modeling that you spoke about is so important. I see that too. I see, you know, a lot of parents feel like their children can no longer learn from their relationship because they're divorced or separated. And I tell them that's not true. You're still a blueprint for your child's future relationships. And if they see you treating each other with respect and dignity and valuing one another, even if it's just valuing each other for being the parents of your children and being the other parent, that in itself is really important modeling. And that does help them in their future relationships. And maybe it's not any longer the romantic piece of things, but it's still very much a foundational block for them. So I think that is very important what you're talking about, but it, it takes a lot of work, as you know, yeah. as you know quite well. This is, this is, this is, uh, and tomorrow I'm going to let you uh, speak, but I just want to share, I'm, I'm learning so much just listening to these two experts. And I, Kimberly, I just want to let you come in. I just wanted to share that. I'm just like a sponge right now, just oh. absorbing this information yeah. because this is amazing. Uh, Kimberly, you can go ahead. Well, I, I wanted to say, I think it's awesome. Um, the way that you communicate with your families really, and, you know, it is important. And what I like to offer parents um, is that whether you're with somebody romantically or you just happen to have an experience that ties you together, right? Yes. You're teaching your child every moment of every day. Yes. That's what you're doing, okay? Yes. If you want to say it's not the same or it won't be like this or they treat me like that, you know, and that's a wounding, that's a wounding place, right? Yes. So a lot that I do, even though I'm working with like 12 family members, right? I'm, I'm going inside of each person because it's everybody's job here to mm -hmm. heal the triggers that get them annoyed and people right. off their partners, whether they're married or not, right? And so we have the opportunity right now. And this is what we are actually, my feeling is, you know, I'm a lot of the work I do is, you know, in more of the spiritual nature, we are moving into an unprecedented time of love. Mm -hmm. We're learning now that we can let fear go. Fear is associated with a victim mentality, the blame, all of that. Yeah. And it's about owning, right, all of our stuff. Yeah. And having an, uh, you know, being proud of what we're creating moving forward. And through that mm -hmm. is the through yes. the consciousness, the mindfulness. And so whether a parent is with somebody or not, they're still, they still have, like you said, the opportunity of teaching. Yes, they, they yeah. do. They do. And, and it's so much like, you know, and what you're talking about with their interactions. So there is so much that comes from their childhood traumas and wounding and and they've built up this sort of dynamic and can trigger each other so easily. So I always tell parents, so you really, both of you have a responsibility. Like you have a responsibility to watch how you're triggering the other person. And they have a responsibility not to give you that power and allow you to trigger them so much. And once, even if one of you can do your job, you might be doing well and you might, you might be successful with it. So you know, it's something you really have to consider and think about and, and think about, listen, you know, this person thinks this of me and they've said this about me. 
and they're never going to change their mind about me. But does that really impact my life? Does it really have to be that that's the gospel and I have to believe everything they say? They're one person who has an opinion and they're no longer the only evaluator of you. You have to be an evaluator of yourself. So that's really important. But I also, one thing that I've tried to work a lot with people on too is when we talked about changing that brain program is how do we switch from the relationship that we had when we were together to a new dynamic of just the co-parenting and focusing on that. And that can feel very daunting for people, especially when they're stuck in a toxic dynamic. So I sort of, you know, tell them if, if you think about it, usually at the end of a relationship, you were in a very toxic dynamic. And if I asked you to describe to me what an argument looked like between you, which I'm sure you can tell me the argument that you had over and over again, um, it sort of probably went in a circle and, you know, this person said this and this person said that, and it kind of went around and around and there was no resolution to it. And you have to accept that there is no resolution to some of those things. And you have to move forward from there and think about your children and think about what is more important, resolving that argument that you had over how to load the dishwasher or having your children really be at the forefront of your mind. So my thought is, and I always say, it's not anything brilliant that I created. You can pick it up in any co-parenting book. It's about creating sort of a new dynamic where you're more professional with each other. And I can see why people do think that, or not think, they're just doing it automatically. They basically take their old dynamic and their old relationship and they cut, copy, and paste it over to their co-parenting dynamic. And they wonder why it doesn't work. Well, it didn't work in their romantic relationship, so it's not going to work for co-parenting either. And so you have to get rid of the old and create something new. And that takes a lot of energy and a lot of work to be able to do it. But I say, you know, start off very formal as if you're walking into a new, a new business that you're going to be working at. You're meeting your colleagues for the first time. You're very formal with them. You don't talk about your weekend. You don't talk about personal stuff. You you get the work done. You're respectful to each other. Can you imagine if co-parents, if, if people talk to each other in the business place, like co-parents talk to each other? I always say they would start an email going, you're mentally ill and you need therapy. And I'm so mad at you for what happened at the Christmas party five years ago. And I want these reports on my desk by tomorrow. I mean, we just wouldn't do that. So I always say, Think of it like you have like an HR department somewhere, an imaginary one in your brain. And and would this work in a business place? And if you can ask yourself that question and answer it, no, then you shouldn't be doing it with your co-parent. Because why do we respect and treat better people in our place of work than we do the person that we had children with? It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You tell me, tell me the answer. I mean, I, I think I understand it. So I said, so the answer is, and all of this is because we haven't done our healing. Yes. Because when you've done your healing, you're no longer triggered. You are Teflon in a sense. Now, does that mean that you will never experience sadness and heartache and heartbreak in your life? No, that's not what it means. But what it means is if the shoe fits, you're not going to like the way it feels. Right. That's a trigger, right? right? But at the same time, 
you know that you're more of a sovereign being. So you're not going to like lay the other one out for saying the truth that you're not ready to hear. I mean, this is like, again, but in all of this, the key is the heart. We are moving from the mind by itself and we're moving down into the heart space. Mm -hmm. And this is when everything can find a peaceful place. This is where all conflict can actually relax into allowing others to be as they are. Okay, great. We decided we're not going to be together anymore. I'm still kind of annoyed by all the things you did. You may have cheated on me. There's a lot of things, right? Right, right. You know what? They cheated on you because they were wounded and they didn't they didn't take care of their stuff before they got into relationship with you. And I want to also remind, you know, people and people might not appreciate this, but when you have someone in a relationship who cheats on you, it also shows you that there were things you weren't paying attention to within your relationship. And I've unfortunately had to learn that myself. Yeah. It's a symptom. It's a symptom of a problem. It's not the problem. Problem. Totally agree. So love everything you said. And I just wanted to add the heart, you know, piece of it. And the fact that when people start to do their inner work, their ex-spouse won't be able to say anything. Well, Kimberly, let me ask you a question because sometimes I I find this hard for people is they, you really need to grieve through a divorce or separation. And it's the same way that it is for a death, except in some ways it's, it's even more challenging because the person's still alive to spar with a little bit. Um, we might have anger that somebody who died really, you know, because we're very sad about it, or we are mad because they didn't live their life in a healthy way or whatever it is. But now we have somebody here on earth to spar with. And, and what I find is that people don't get a lot of space to grieve. And I feel like that's what holds them back from getting to their better place, like what you were talking about. And I'm curious, like what your suggestion is when people are either very engaged with taking care of their children and trying to get through, I mean, even going through a divorce process, you end up on the phone and in meetings with real estate people and your lawyers and everything else. It's so tough. And I always feel, okay, so time can heal some wounds, but not if you don't have time to grieve. Do you have any suggestions? Because I know you work a lot with clients individually too for what you tell your clients to be able to get that time to grieve. So the first step in all of this is choosing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. When we choose ourselves, you might take two minutes a day, go outside, be in nature, breathe and connect with yourself. Okay. That is like the beginning mm-hmm. of, embracing ourselves, becoming our own best friends so that we can finally grieve and support ourselves the way our parents weren't able to, our spouses weren't able to, whoever. We're here to be all of that for ourselves. So grieving and space and time for grieving is created when I sit in the driver's seat of my life and I say, you know what? I'm going to put down the glass of wine. I'm going to go in and I'm going to just write in my journal for 10 minutes. I might go back and get the glass of wine, but I'm going to be with me, which is the most important person in this equation. When I can feed me, take care of me, protect me, love myself, 
I can give to everybody else because you'll never be able to give to another that which you don't first give to yourself. And that's just, that's the gospel. Beautiful. No, that is so true. I find it, I find it so hard when I am working with families who are getting divorced and they've decided to get divorced and they still are living in the same home. And a lot of times it's for financial reasons. Other times it's because of other situations. And, and I'll say this just to mention, cause you mentioned about responsibility and self responsibility. I also feel as a community of professionals who work with families going through divorce, I feel like we have a responsibility also to put families first and to really think of them. And I can't say that everybody I have worked with is like that, but most people I have worked with are like that. A lot of amazing attorneys and therapists and, and guardian ad litems and all kinds of people who've been incredible. But, um, but there are times people end up in the same house for a while because somebody is stirring them up and telling them don't leave the home, things like that. So one of the things I've discovered, I always joke that I should, I'm going to write a thesis about this and do a study on it, is that the longer that they're in the house together, once they've decided about the divorce, the harder it is to get through it. And the longer the grieving goes on, and it correlates with how poorly the co-parenting relationship starts. And I, I kind of put it to, to clients like this when they're telling me, well, you know, I, I really can't get out. I'm like, you know, it's like having um, somebody die and then the funeral gets put off for six months. <laughs> like you're still sitting there, right? In the interim. So I was curious if you ever deal with that also. I'm sure you probably do. Well, I, so, uh, you know, I was divorced, you know, I went through divorce, um, so I went through that. But what I want to say is there's an energetic component to all of this that people don't realize is there because in this, you know, realm of experience, this 3D living, this, this, the way that things are set up, we can't see energy. We could feel it. Some people can see energy, but there is a, we co-mingle when we're in relationships, right? When we're living under a roof, we're always together. We kind of share things. There's actually, um, we're not going to do a podcast on this, but when people actually have sex, they are actually um, exchanging a lot of very powerful things. Um, and so we carry things from other people around with us without understanding the energetic component to all of this. We get downloaded all kinds of things that we, if we knew we didn't, wouldn't really want, honestly. Yes. Uh, but, but this is really important when, when you're talking about what you are. Whereas we've made the decision, this isn't working, right? We've made that we've told our children, this can be so confusing for many. Yes. Okay. Now, if this is something that you really want to move forward with, I always feel like when you say yes to yourself, the universe finds the person who has an empty room in their house or the basement, you and your children can go there for however. Okay. When we decide that it's over, right? Yes. It really is helpful to reclaim our energy. It's confusing to be in the energy of another person with the way they're looking at us, thinking about us. Like these things are energy. Okay. I love that. Oh, I'm going to use that. I love that. Well, tell people because the energy is, it's confusing, right? Because we can't see it, but we know we're deeply uncomfortable and it's awful. I, I almost think that it's like if that person was to pass, their body's still living in the house. 
Yes, yes, exactly. And it's so difficult. I know. And my heart breaks for people. I mean, I also, I was divorced like 13 years ago and we were able to get into our own spaces right away. And I just can't even imagine because there was so much pain I was going through. So, you know, we're very lucky because we really do co-parent well together. And I really, I think the reason it's worked is because we had space to grieve, time to grieve. And we also applied a lot of those principles that I mentioned. I mean, people laugh, but I tell them, no, we will have an agenda. We'll have a business meeting. We'll have a Zoom meeting, whatever it is. We'll go through our agenda, what we've got going on. And and our kids really feel that we've got them. And, you know, that's a big thing that, um, you know, I'll probably finish with because I have to go to a client soon. But I, I do tell parents we're sort of like the pilot and co-pilot or whatever of an airplane that might be experiencing a bit of turbulence. And what the kids need from us, because they're powerless sitting there, you know, in the passenger area all they need from us is to tell them we've got this, we've got you, everything's going to be okay. We're going through a little weather pattern and that's going to be it. They don't need to know that in the cockpit, the two of us are arguing over whether we should push this button or that button. <laughs> they don't need to know that maybe the engine light just turned on or anything like that. They need to know that we've got it under control for them because they really are powerless. They're not going to be able to come up and fly the plane. They can try but it's not fair to them to put them in that position. So, you know, that's something really try to work on is like, hey, we got this. We'll take care of it. It's always the message that we try to send to our children. And I try to encourage parents to send to their children when I'm working with them. But, yeah, it's it's a tough thing. It's it is challenging. This is work. You know, it's it's hard because you see the ugly, the ugly side, the ugly, sad side. Yes. But we need, we need everybody everywhere, right? To assist everybody with, with whatever they're going through. So. Right. And you talk about energy, the energy, it's important to keep it positive. I did have a client once ask me why I smile so much and I'm doing this work. She thought that I was a little suspicious. And I said, listen, first of all, I'm just natural. I smile a lot, but also I have to be positive because I know everybody who's walking into my office, they're like dreading coming in here. They're dreading coming in with their ex. They're dreading this or that. And, and I need to make them feel welcome and comfortable and that this is going to be okay. So, you know, even if I make chit chat about the weather for a minute and I'm smiling, trying to get them comfortable, it's really to put everybody at ease. It doesn't mean that I love watching people in pain. In fact, it's very challenging to do that, but you got to keep positive because there's no other way to help people than to stay positive. So I learned a lot today, Kimberly, about the energy. I love how you think, and I appreciate so much of what you shared today. It was fun. Jordana, and, and again, I want to appreciate you for coming. I, before you go, I know you have a client to get to. Could you tell the audience and listeners, how can they get a hold of you? How can they follow up with you? How can they keep in touch with you? Sure. So I have a website. It's uh, www.com 
co-parenting solutions, LLC.com. It's the longest name in the world, <laughs> but, uh, and you can reach me on there through my email. You can schedule time with me. There's all kinds of different ways to connect with me. I always say the best way to get to me is just check out my website. It's all on there. I had it updated recently by an incredible marketing company who made it very accessible so that people, so that I'm accessible to people. Okay. So thank you. And Jason, thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. Really thank fun. you. This this was amazing. I love it. Yeah. I, I love the energy between between you and Kimberly. This is amazing. So we're gonna have and to when do you it get again, two of so. us in a room who love what we do, we can go on. <laughs> All right. Yes, I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. thank you again. Thank, thank you again. You. All right, nice I'll be in meeting touch. both of you. Take Good care. Well. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. That was awesome. Okay, we're gonna let the parents in now. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Lisa? Good. Thank you. How are you? Good. Good. We have two Lisas on. Both are named oh, Lisa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both are named Lisa. So she's still connecting as well. Do you want me to uh, show my face? Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to. No, you're good. Hey, can you hear? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll get started. Again, thank you ladies for joining us as we continue our conversation on co-parenting. We just had a great uh, conversation with an uh, uh, expert, Jordana, Jordana Wilson, Wilson, who uh, shared some great tips and strategies on co-parenting. And I wanted to bring par some parents in to kind of share your experiences as well. Um, so again, thank you for joining us. How, how are you ladies doing today? Awesome. Good, thank That's good, that's good. All right, Kimberly. Kimberly, I'm gonna let do you do you want to get us started with a question you have for the parents? Oh wow. Um how okay, here's a question. So what has been for you the biggest challenge for you in co-parenting? Or what do you feel? Just one? That's just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand in the hat and uh, pull out one. <laughs> um, three. You could say top three. I'm just curious, just to get us going. Okay, um, I'll go. Um, I think the biggest challenge is for me, um, uh, just like when they're with their dad, just letting that be um, and not having the control that I would like to have <laughs> um, in all truth, in all honesty yeah. um, and having to be okay with that. And actually um, that's probably what I've learned about myself as well. Just like the amount of control that I wanted all the time. Um, it's, 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 it's not good for anybody. Not good for me, not good for, for him, not good for the, for the kids. So I think that's been the most challenging, but it's also been kind of the gift out of all of this. Um, yeah. Just real. Like, man, I am such a helicopter mom. Like, chill out. Uh, so, yeah. So that's that's been extremely challenging. But also, like I said, a blessing. Yeah. A blessing. Isn't that awesome? I love, I love how you 
see that and you also found the gift in it. Yeah. From one controller to another. uh, (laughs) I had a big problem with that too. And now I'm really able, I've been working at a really long time, but just to allow, you know, um, yeah. It, it's it and give it to a higher source. You know, I hate to say it. If you believe in God, if you don't, you might believe in like something bigger than you, and that also has been helpful. So thank you for that. And so other Lisa, can you offer? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so you're just referencing in co-parenting in general. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yes. Okay. I mean, I would say the thing that I've struggled with most would be like scheduling and homework. Um, you know, we have different priorities. Uh, so like when he'll leave stuff at one parent's house and you have to go to the other parent's house and get it, or you think the other parent care of something and they don't, um, when they tell you they will, and you think it's going to get done and it doesn't. Um, I think that's the the hardest part. It, <clears throat> and then like scheduling, like I'll be told one thing I'm, you know, I'm going to pick them up this hour and we're going to do this, this and that. And then I get home and that's not even what happened. And neither yeah. one of them communicate with me that the plans have changed. Yeah. yeah. You mean me, when you say neither one of them communicated, is that child, your child uh, and your, and your ex-spouse? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you're in a, you're in a tough spot, you know, um, for sure. Would you like to add anything to that, Lisa? Have you also experienced? Oh, definitely. Like just the, uh, you know, having, um, a plan, right. About what's, what's going to happen, what's supposed to happen. Um, picking off the picking up the dropping off and, you know, um, that just not happening. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's a struggle, and but that's another thing. You just have to kind of like, okay, say okay, like all right, it just didn't happen. Let it go. But it's difficult. It is difficult. What I was going to say was, this is this is a place, and so you know, to you, Lisa, feeling frustrated. It's it's difficult because sometimes we're just trying to get some type of what we feel stability is right. Some consistency for our children. How Lisa, how old is your child? Um, who you were referring to before? 17 and a half. Okay. So he's old enough to know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes, oh boy, we don't have much time, but you know, sometimes too, the, the child can almost say, oh, it's okay. Cause like dad says it's okay. Kind of thing. Like, I don't know if you're experiencing that, you know, how sometimes we experience that kind of shift. Yeah. yeah. And then we can feel powerless, right. As, as that other parent, do you, can you guys relate to that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's just frustrating. Like, like, I'm sorry, what was your name? Yeah. I'm Kimberly. Sorry. Kimberly. Okay. And like, um, you know, when you're, you're expecting, you want to make plans and you expect something's going to happen and then it doesn't happen. And then you have to change your plans or you're Mm -hmm. sitting around, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And yeah. So, so here's, I'm, this isn't like a coaching session. Okay. For sure. But I want to offer something. Cause like, I'm, I feel for you guys, right. You're in a tough position. So I'm going to, I just want to offer two things and then we can keep going here. But first of all, We're also learning when we're separating, when we're untangling from another partner, right? 
and we still have to, um, we're still a parent, right? At the same time, it's also a good opportunity for us to start learning about boundaries, right? And sometimes we're, sometimes it's tricky to find a balance between being too available to our children and not being available enough, depending on the co-parenting situation, environment, whether they're in a different relationship, there's a lot of variables, right? But it it may be time, other Lisa, I don't know how to call Lisa, both of you guys, but um, the Lisa who talked about this 17-year-old, um, you know, is it is it time to also pull back a little bit from the 17-year-old where if this was something you were breaking your neck for for him and he wasn't kind of showing up for himself in this way that you kind of allow it to unfold the way that it needs to. Like, I don't know you well enough. Now. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And, and sometimes, you know, the expectations, we have these grandiose expectations and sometimes I feel like we go through these huge challenges because the universe is trying to break us a little bit of our expectations, you know what I mean? And, and help us become more about allowing things, as you said, other Lisa, to just unfold. So I just wanted to throw that out because I know it, I know it's so challenging. Um, I mean, I, like part of it, yeah. you know, I look at it as my job as a parent. Yes. And like people say, well, let them fail or let them. But then I feel like if I do that, then I'm failing as a parent. Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree with that. Right now, look, I'm not saying abandon. No, uh, I know. <laughs> but sometimes, well, I want to offer this because sometimes what we think is part of our to do's and we have to do and we should do to be the perfect parent and to do this and to do that. Some of that is um, sometimes it's not. Um, healthy for us. And it might not be as healthy as we might think it is, right? But it's under what we told ourselves I'm going to be because maybe the other parents not or, or whatever. I feel like there's something there around you where you could possibly be giving too much of yourself. And maybe it's time to take a little energy and to give it to yourself. Um, but, but it's always finding a balance between letting your child fall a little bit, right. Um, and also being there, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm not quite sure what that is or if that's, that means anything. So, yeah. And I, I wanted to add, cause again, I, you know, again, I'm just listening and I know both Lisa B and Lisa H that's how we can refer to them. They're I know them and they're very strong women, very strong mothers, uh, very inspirational. So I I, I know um, that they do an amazing job. Uh, and I, again, I'm sure they value the advice that you're giving. I want to ask, um, and if we can start with Lisa B, um, could you tell us what, what does successful co-parenting look like for you? And then Lisa H, you can answer after. Um, so when, when it's successful, it's, um, it's respectful. And I know that's like a very broad kind of, you know, um, word, but it's respectful of each other's time. So if it's like, I'm going to be home, I'm going to be there to get the kids at six, then, then you're there at six, you know, um, it's inclusion, it's inclusive. So, um, 
always telling each other what is happening with 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 our children, even if we think it's tiny and like, and, oh, I'll tell them later or whatever. Like, because I spend I have the whole week with the kids, and he has the weekends, and so a lot of this a lot of stuff goes on during the week, right? It's so like uh, during school it was during school, but now a lot of stuff goes on, and and so I make sure to include him in every part of what's happening, so he feels that, and so that naturally brings out this kind of compassion towards each other you know this kind of uh, like she's on my side you know um i think that's i think that is really just kind of the core of it is like letting the other parent um, know that that this is not me against you that this is us for our children right um and that that's when it's successful those are the two things say respect uh, respect for our time, respect for our space with the kids, like not not hovering over, like what are you doing? What are you? How are the kids? Blah blah. blah just letting him have his time, mm-hmm. uh, and include and including each other in 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 everything. Mm. Yeah, good. Wow, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Lisa H, uh, did, what what what's your idea? What does successful co-parenting look like for you? I mean, I would say both being on the same page. Um, I would say most of the time we are, but then there's those pitfalls, um, lack of communication and so forth. Um, I think we both agree we want the best for our child and we work hard at that. Um, just communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, Kimberly, um, let you just add on on what you heard both moms say. Well, I think it's, I think what you guys have already learned is wonderful. Um, and, and I guess it's funny. It's like, whether you're co-parenting while being married and living together, or you're co-parenting while being separated and divorced, you always have, right. We always have communication glitches and we always have moments where we don't feel like we're on the same page. And these are, these are normal things that we experience in life through all of our relationships. And sometimes though, they just feel so much bigger when we are co-parenting because, because they really are, they, they matter so much because our children are involved. Um, so yeah, I just, I didn't have anything necessarily, Jason, that I no, wanted no, to say. I just, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. And I, again, like I said before, I, I really value the time that you're taking to share, talk about this. Um, and I, you know, again, I, I know both of you know uh, your your children. Uh, what advice would you give to co-parents out there who are listening and may mm-hmm. have experienced some of the things that you're experiencing and feel like they they they're at that their wits end? What advice would you give them to help through those situations? Uh, Lisa H, I'll start with you. What did you want me to do again? Like, what advice would you give to uh, co-parents who may be listening to this podcast or will listen to this podcast? And they may be experiencing some of the same things that you've experienced, but they may be at their, their wits end, you know, dealing with the other co-parent. What advice would you give them to help you, them? Okay, you need to adjust and adapt. I mean, if there's patterns and you see those patterns, don't let yourself get set. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Lisa B, what are you, what, what about you? Uh, I'm sorry, I cut out for like a minute. I'm not even sure what I missed. So, what have I? What what was the question? <laughs> uh, it was 
what advice would you give to co-parents who, who will listen to this podcast who are experiencing some of the same things you've experienced? What advice would you uh, give them? Um, I think it's important to take space. <laughs> so I think what happens is when the struggle is there, you get into the same thing you got into when you were married, right? And the same stuff that got you, that became, made you crazy. And um, I think space and time, and if, if that's possible, um, just a few days even, mm-hmm. um, is really helpful because it's not like, I mean, there's still the same person that you married to and still the same person that you didn't want to be married to. <laughs> and I know that yeah. sounds... Um, can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We heard you. Uh, and you have to remember that. that it's like, yeah, so it's like it's not over because you're separated. Like now it, there's kind of like this double double thing because you're not in each other's lives. You can't, you know, there there is a lack of control. Like there is a lack of expectation. Um, like you, that you have to just kind of, you have to pull back. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, absolutely. So, you have to like remember that all of those things and just take some space when, when it's getting too much and it's getting too intense and, um, and then come back and revisit whatever it is that was going on. Mm. Um, that's really like, that's what's helped us. That's what's helped us when we've been in situations where it's like, we're not seeing eye to eye and it's just getting ugly, right? It's just getting ugly. It's like, you just take a day or it's not going to go anywhere good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just that you know it's not going to go anywhere good, right? You just know it. it's like you feel it and nobody's hearing anybody. No one's seeing anybody. And it's just like all, all we're really here doing right now is just trying to like poke at each other. So let's just let's just take take a second. Um, that's what I know. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of cliche, kind of basic, but really it's the, it's it's what's helped us. Yeah. No, I think it's good. Yeah. You can share from your own experience. Yeah, you can only share from your own experience. Kimberly? Yeah. No, I just wanted to say, I think it's great. That's that's being self-responsible. You're being responsible for yourself, not to partake in the sandbox, the sling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, thank goodness if you're in a co-parenting situation with someone who's as mature as you're able, or not mature, as healed as you're able. Because when you're really you know, we're all wounded in a lot of ways. And when we're really getting triggered so often by our partners, we tend to really, you know, go down punching, so to speak, right? So, and we're teaching our kids, you know, that's the thing. I mean, our kids would rather watch us walk away and say, hey, you know what? We need time out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Come back when we can be our higher selves in this dialogue. Yeah, yes. Wow. Yeah, this has been some good dialogue. So Lisa H, Lisa B, I really, truly appreciate you coming on and sharing your time. And again, you you, uh, you ladies represent the super moms out there and the super co-parents. So keep up the great work. Keep up the great work. Before we go, any last last words you want to share uh, before we go? Lisa H, Lee, or Lisa B? I know. I just appreciate, I appreciate you, Jason. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. You've really been, you've been such a blessing to our family. So thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. And again, thank you for uh, taking some time to talk to us and I'll be in touch with both of you very soon. Okay. Thank you, you, Kimberly. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one.
Oh. Well, well, you know, uh, yeah. As as we and if we can, you know, we have we have a few more minutes left. But Kimberly, as we close out this series and wrap it up, we had a great episode with uh, Jordana. Uh, we had both Lisa's on, um, and really, I, I, I owe you some money because you you ran the for the podcast. <laughs> but I I want to just give you an opportunity. For um the listeners, for the people that are gonna, that are listening live, that will be able to replay it back, um, could you just kind of summarize everything today? Well, like, what were your key takeaways? What were your highlights today? I'm inspired. Uh, I'm inspired by Jordana and the work that she's doing. I'm inspired by you, who brought this together. I'm inspired by uh, Lisa B and Lisa H. Um, I'm just inspired because everyone's doing the good work. You know, we are, we realize we want to feel better. We want to do better. And everyone is, we're learning, we're learning, we're growing and we're learning. And I just, you know, we, it's funny how we're all doing different things, but we're all doing work that crosses over each other. Right. Like the work that you do, right? I'm not, I'm not connected to the moms, but what they've already learned is stuff that I teach other parents, right? And individuals, right? And so same with Jordana, you know, she's teaching the same stuff and some of a lot of our stuff totally overlaps, right? We might communicate it differently, Um, but it's, it's beautiful. We're, um, love this because I'm inspired because of the children uh, at the end of the day, because you and I are here right now because of that and because of, you know, the families. But underneath it all is the children. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And again, I want to thank you. I'm inspired by you as always. You know that. And then the work you do and and just the, the conversation that you and Jordana had. I mean, again, just two kindred spirits doing what they've been put on this earth to do. It was amazing to witness. And I do want to touch upon it, and, and Kimberly, if you can expound upon this too in the time that we have. We didn't have fathers represented today, and I I do apologize for that. I do apologize, but I do know that there are amazing fathers out there doing oh. doing great work as co-parents. Um, and I know a, a lot. You know, we get we get so short a lot. You know, as, as fathers and overlooked a lot. But Kimberly, could you talk? Speak to that to the fathers who may feel like you know I, I don't get enough attention when it comes to this co-parenting relationship, or I get the short end of the stick, or this or that. Do, could you speak to that a little bit as we we wrap up? So, I think that's a great that's a great question, a great thing that you just brought up um, to the fathers who feel like they're getting the short end of the stick. Um, Everything comes around again, right? Everything eventually I feel balances out. And whether you feel like that right now, because I certainly felt like that a lot uh, for years with my own children, but I knew that if I was parenting from integrity and from my heart and doing the right thing, what I felt was the right not ego right, but the right within my heart, right? The best for my children, 
not making them feel bad because I was angry about something that their dad did, whatever the situation was. When I acted like that, I knew that eventually, you know, all of that stuff comes back and feeds our soul, right? It, it always comes back again to us. So to those fathers, do what you feel is right in your heart. Be a beautiful example for your children. Make your children the priority. And if your spouse is like, you know, triggering you and getting into an argument, I love what Lisa offered us earlier, you know, um, call a time out, right? I, you know what, I'm not my best self with you right now. And I really, I think I need to go have a little time out. I'd love to talk to you later. Like the other partner might not appreciate that, but you know what, you do it for you. You don't do it with anger, right? Hanging up the phone like that. You say, look, I'm really sorry, but this isn't a good time for me because I don't really like the way I sound. And, you know, it's not being weak. That's being strong. Okay, men, stand in your strength. You have strength. But there are many men who I see initially who don't realize that you can tap back into that. That's your power. And it matters. Your stability is really important. So you have it, okay? Get out into nature, start taking care of yourself, spend some good time with your kids, you know, um, try to really be available for the children when you're with them, not with the phone. Go take hikes, go do outdoor things, you know, things that are healthy for everybody and spend time connecting, connecting. Because that's what our children remember. They remember the time that we spent with them. They remember the connection, right? Those are the things that, that feed them. So that's what I say. And I love all of our dads. You know, I, oh, here's what I'd like to say. If you can find two fathers who will actually come on, I would do this all over again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah, because it's important. And I couldn't have said it any better than what you than you did right there, but I, it's amazing. And that, you know what, I'm definitely going to do that because it's a space where, and you talked about it before, it's a space where men need to be able to have, they need to just talk about how they feel and be yeah. transparent and vulnerable about things that are going on. So I'm, I love what you said. And yes, we will we will continue this series with, um, and have a segment where we're, we're talking to the dads, yeah. the male co-parents. Yeah, because it's it's really important, and you know our world or society is really given more. Um, well, it depends on the culture that you're in, but but we know this traditional thing that happens in the U.S. It's usually like the mother takes care of all of that stuff. But dads, you are so important. You're the first relationship that like your daughters ever have. You know your relationship with her really and truly matters. Um, you know, our children get from both mom and dad, really important stuff. There isn't one parent that's more important. Even if you're going through your own stuff and you don't feel so good about yourself, you have an opportunity to show your child that change is possible. Anything is really possible if you're committed, yeah. um, but allow yourself to be human too. So it's, a, it's, I just, I love, I love to see fathers. I just saw, so I, I just saw a hike. Uh, I was, I'm out here. I'm in Colorado right now. And I was just 
hiking. I guess maybe I was in, no, I was in Colorado. Anyway, so like a backpack, a big backpack, right? I thought it was a single guy with a big backpack. I was like, whoa, he's carrying a heavy load. Baby in the back. Oh, wow. This baby girl. Wow. And she was cooing and she wanted it. And I looked at them and I said, you just made my day. (laughs) Right? I mean, it's priceless. I walked away from that. I said to my daughter, because I was with my daughter, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I want to cry. You know, <laughs> it gives those moments. I, I get, look, I'm getting teary eyed. It's the most yeah. ridiculous thing, but I know what it's like to not experience that as a child. And I know how important it is to have that in a child's life. Both yeah. are important. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Kimberly, thank you so much. And thank you for everything that you brought to the series. And thank everyone for listening to this podcast. Uh, we will be coming back with another series on co-parenting um, and talking more about this very important topic. But again, thank you for listening to this podcast. And we hope everyone has a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jason, for everything that you do. My pleasure. Thank you so much for including me. You're welcome.